right, we're here to boogie. How are you? I'm feeling that boogie. Feeling it. I've got to disco around. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. But the disco music really doesn't relate to what we're talking to today. Not at all. Yeah. It just relates to the conversation we were having having. before I pressed the red button. Yes. Yeah. But it's all good. No need to bore people. We're here with Whole Nine Yards. The Whole Nine. Thanks for listening. Um, hmm. We have today a category that Ray tells me. Yes. Uh, we're, We're going with 60s slang. 60s. Slang. 60s slang. We'll go with oh. 60s slang since we were straddling decades, but I think we're we're kind of in the 60s, maybe some 50s. There'll be some stuff that goes yeah. all over the place because, you know, etymology right is a is a shovel, <laughs> so it, it takes us takes us places. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about who's going first. Uh, why, why don't you start us off with something uh, can, delightful? Can do. Uh, well, the thing about that is I'm not starting us off with something delightful. Oh, what? My first word is bummer. Oh, it's actually the opposite of delightful. It is. <laughs> right. A disappointing, unpleasant, or unwanted situation or experience. Bummer, man. Exactly. Man, that was a bummer. That's a real bummer. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that thing that's that you didn't care for either. Yes. I feel like this was heavy in the 80s as well, um, or when I was a child. See, I would just think it was 70s around so maybe when just... my mother was a child. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe it spans all the decades. You're the one that's going to tell us. I am. Uh, fun fact, right out of the gate, which I was, you know, you, you come across them. The runt of a litter of lambs is referred to as the bummer. Wait, but from since when? Because mm. if it was some stoned-out 70s ranch hand that named it this on the 70s. You ask such good questions. I don't know. It's a fun fact. I didn't, like, dig. You know, it could be all high. <laughs> I think it was some <laughs> lamb babies and go, oh, bummer, man, he's small. <sighs> yeah. That could have happened. I don't know. And if I had that information, I could have, I could tell you. Uh, I like those, I just, little, those little goats are fun. I, I like them when they're small like that. They're fun. Yeah. They just said that the the land that the mom abandons, which, again, I would refer to as the runt in any animal litter. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer. They're called bummers. Uh, but, no, we're heading, we're heading to a good place. Good. Better place. We're yes. heading to uh, the world of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> And aren't we, doesn't all roads lead to the world of drugs? Essentially. We'll, oh. we'll get there. We'll all get there someday. Um, a lot of the early quotes have the word bummer uh, in the same sentence or whatever as some sort of drug or drug-related f- feel. Um, and this, those seem, this seems to take off to pop culture through the LSD culture of the 60s. And then kind of, like I said, grows mainstream after that. The OED defines bummer as an unpleasant or distressing psychological experience caused by taking a hallucinogenic drug. So the OED even defines it relating specifically to hallucinogens. Wow. Yeah. 1968, uh, Timothy Leary, who had some great ideas. I think he just went too, too forcefully. Yeah, he screwed it all up world. for us. We could, we or could we'd have, have we psilocybin have, now. Yeah, we could have therapies that would, would help people. 
with yeah. these uh, with these drugs. But, but I think twenty might, years ago we could. He went a little too fo- too hard, um, which I get because you want you're excited. You know, you're like guys, just listen. This is great. Anyway, uh, quote yeah. 1968. The Western world has been one bad trip. A 400-year bummer, man. He didn't say man. I had the man. Uh, 1973, New York Times defines it again. uh, Bummer. Well, they define it for themselves. Bummer. Unpleasant experience, especially with drugs. It is also an exclamation of disgust or sympathy for another's bad experience. Kind of seeing someone on a bad trip, you know? Yeah. You would say that would be a bummer. The, The bad experience, I think, is the is where we switch it from drug culture into, you know? Empathy. Empathy. Good, nice, perfect. Yes, empathy. It becomes empathetic. Uh, if you search for the Google News archive for the word bummer, yeah, you pretty much get every entry for the word summer. Oh, and you well, think you found uh, so much. But you, you have found a B nothing. right in there. No, I know. I found nothing. I like, oh, not nothing, but it was just like, oh, come on. But where where might we get this term from, and why might we apply it to people, uh, and where does it come from pre uh, pre drugs, pre LSD culture, you know? I um. Uh, well, I'm something more rhetorical in there. Oh, <laughs> good, because I was like, wow, I don't know. We have to sit on our bums. I don't nice, know. Nice, I like it. The most prominent theory, basically, and pretty much the only real one that had a lot of teeth to it i'm gonna say (laughs) um seems to say that it it probably comes from a 17th century german slang word bumler 17th century 17th century german slang Uh, which is the 1600s yeah yeah old yeah yeah, old exactly bumler which uh kind of stands in for the word loafer derived from a verb bummeln bummeln uh which means to go slowly or waste time Bummeln. Yeah. To go slowly. To go slowly. Waste time. Yeah. Uh, and then earlier, even farther back, it kind of has this sense of, I saw to oscillate back and forth. Almost like, uh, what do you call that with your body? Swaying. <laughs> sure. That's the word. That's the word. Yeah, sway, yeah. Um, oscillate. Oscisculate, I like to say. What? Oh, yeah. I say sorry. that C in there just yeah, for keep fun. It in there. You know. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then... Uh, I found a different spelling of bummeln to B-A-U-M-E-L-N, um, which kind of showed more more of that back and forth motion, uh, almost like a, a, just moving back. A, a bell clapper I saw in references, like the uh, you know the little ding dingling thing in the bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a skit called the Copper Clappers. Have I brought this up before? I don't think so. Not to it haunts me. I don't know where I saw it yeah. when I was a kid. Clapper, yeah. Copper clappers. Copper clapper. Yeah, anyway. Anytime you say clapper with a bell, I'm going to tell that story. Copper so clapper. be ready. I think it might be the first time it's come up. Mm. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, but just in that same going back and forth, oscillating, sort of an idea of like not really accomplishing anything. Okay, but oh, but that, that would get me to like... Um, a drifter or vagrant. And that's sort of, exactly. And that's kind of how... It sort of it seems to come up through our language from German, using it as um, d- during the World War. Because this is eighteen eighty nine, so yeah, this is World War One. Slang, the dictionary of slang jargon and Kant, our favorite, one of my favorites, um, is from eighteen eighty nine, and it defines bummer as a Pennsylvania origin uh, from the German word bummer, 
and it's saying during the war, this term was applied to people who would follow military camps, just uh, kind of behind them and, and follow along with folks, or people who were deserting kind of their camps and just like leaving camp with their stuff on their back and just essentially, you know, they were called, they were calling those bummers, much like you might say a, a bum, like you were, you're kind of mentioning. Yeah, we dropped the more. Right. It doesn't seem to be a negative term because it also sounded like they were, they, not the semi-deserters, but the camp people, they kind of joined the fights and they weren't bad folks, but they were just kind of referred to as this. As, I kind of got mixed, uh, mixed up in that, if it was a, a negative term or a positive term, because they called them like irregular heroes in this article. Hmm. And I was like, hmm. It says, they sometimes rendered good service by fighting and they were also commemorated as indomitable marauders. <laughs> So, so it were seems they like oscillated between. I, I I don't know if it was specifically the same people or if it was just you, you could be a bummer of of either ilk. <laughs> you could be a helpful bummer or a a, a marauder. I, I don't. I didn't get that specific. If it was the same people oscillating back and forth, that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just you know trying to draw correlations. Yeah. Um, but it uh, that's kind of how it catches through our language. Uh, and then, like I said, begins to to kind of mean a little bit of the vagrant, a little bit of a bad thing, a little bit of something that does nothing. And then by the drug time, it it starts to take on this bad experience, not really having a good time. That's a bummer, man. Totally bummer. Bonus, other bonus, huh. is uh, this has a Cockney rhyming slang equivalent. Oh, I, I love those. And the same, I they are. But you love them even. They more. are taking my spot for the sailing. Over, they're overtaking sailing is my favorite. More than sailing. Well, the origin sailing comes from the, the origins, I guess. So the Cockney rhyming slang, I think, is just this thing I'm falling in love with. That it's a part of our language that I don't realize. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not an origin per se, I guess. So it's a it's a separate love. Yeah, but I get more excited to learn mistress. that this <laughs> my mistress Cockney rhyming slang. Nice. Instead of saying bummer, one would say, or perhaps just the, just a short version of this, uh, John Selwyn Gummer, who is a conservative politician, governor, minister, uh, and the in office looks like starting in the nineteen seventies. So if something's a bummer, you might say it's a gummer or a John Selwyn Gummer, <laughs> who's a dude in. Parliament. Wow. It was a concern. I, I love it. I'd love so it. So do our cocknified friends just spit these out over pint conversation? I, I guess. I, I mean, it... I it mean, it's a lot to keep up with. You it's, got, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's a dialect, right? So you would know it. You would learn it growing up where you grew up. I guess. Like we know words. But you'd that always Pittsburghers invent know. new ones because sure. there'd be new there'd things. There'd be more to do. Yeah, I guess you have to... It, I mean, it is. It's a slang, so it is. Everyone's got to stay on... You know, TikTok or the equivalent of, of whatever that was to stay hip. Well, the writers, I guess, back in the day, right? I I don't know. That's why I'm parody I don't newspapers know. and stuff, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. That just comes at you like crackling Rosie, and you got to be on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah. It's like watching Shakespeare. I mean, the stuff's just flying at you. You have to, yeah, yeah. It, I love it. I love I love it. It because it takes what language is and it just turns it into a, a 
a riddle. I'm not saying that. It just everything's it make, a jumble. Game. It's an expression of something, you know. And like, like I, you know, everything we say is, has been made up by something, or these sounds that we make have been made up by something, and it's just, just like that. Yes, it can be anything, and it can mean whatever you want. It's it's just cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, bummer. <laughs> All right, James Selden Gummer. John Selwyn Gummer. That's a real John Selwyn Gummer. No, I'm not saying it's not real. <laughs> oh, it's real. Yeah, sure. So, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if this Gumler fellow was a flake. <laughs> nice, nice. So mine's flake, flaky, flake, flake-a-rama. I made that last part up. My nickname in school was, like when I was in sixth grade, they called me flaky because I had dandruff. Ah. Oh, yeah. That seems sad. I mean, it's just a part of growing up, right? Yeah. People. So. Anyway. <laughs> that's sad. Is it uh, about dandruff? Well, I mean, well, it is because, I mean, flake. Yeah. A flake of uh, anything, a loose or torn piece. So this is this comes from a, a, a rich history of flakedness. It's an old, old word that goes back before Middle English, you know. Okay. Flaka, a permutation of it is well back 700 years, you know, still meaning a chip of, of many chips, a little flake, you know, flake something off, the same as we use it today mm-hmm. in, in that way. Yeah, a flake of something. A flake of something, and, yeah. and it's been that way. You can get nutritional yeast in big flakes. Yeah, <laughs> nutritional yeast, that's what I was thinking. Um, to come off in flakes, Okay. this sort of thing. Yeah. This, this one's simple, and so, uh, I just gotta, you know, take you take you just through its course here. Uh, while it's always meant what we just said for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. uh, why does it mean what we're talking about? Like, um, let's say, don't invite Joni to the party; she'll just flake out, mm-hmm. kind of a thing, right? Yeah, like unreliable. Yeah. That's how I would do yeah. Or um, Isabella was acting really flaky last night. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's, you know, inconsistent, weird, goofy, this mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yes. So that's the definition that we're talking about. Yeah. How did it get from this uh, little chip of stuff to that? Flake, we don't, we don't have to go into a bunch of them, but I did see an odd one. I guess they're both from sailing or some form of seafaring. Sweet. In that there was a device that you'd use to climb down. I guess it. I, I think these two are connected, where it, it's like a um, a lattice work that you'd toss over the side of the ship, mm-hmm. even like a a ladder with really long rungs. Okay. So when your ship had some uh, holes in it, you'd throw this over the outside, climb down it, and patch those mm-hmm. holes. You know, it's sort of like a scaffolding that's attached from the top. I see. So there's also this rack that's almost like uh, an A-frame. Imagine like just the A-frame roof and only the horizontal connectors, you know, no shingles or boards Mm -hmm. filling it in. Mm -hmm. And that's called a flake that they would use to dry fish. Okay. So you'd catch the fish and Mm -hmm. and then hang them from this thing to dry Mm -hmm. 
but it seemed to me like it might be the same thing. They, 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 you weren't always working on the side of the ship, so you grabbed the flake. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why that was called a flake. And you used it to dry Set your that fish. Up to dry the fish. And right. then you started to spring a leak. Hey, get these fish off of here. <laughs> we yeah. got to throw, throw this over the edge. Right, right. Multi use. I love multi use things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially on a ship, you, sure. you, you need, you, you know. Yeah, your cargo space. Or yeah, whatever. economy of uh, devices. Yeah. Uh, but I digress because we're talking here again about people that are unreliable or, or weird. Right. So like this fish. was brought largely into a public vernacular in the 50s through, once again, oddly enough, baseball. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this fellow, uh, this writer, Alan Lewis in the 50s, flakes are good for baseball. They always keep things interesting and keep a team loose. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a flake in this game. There have been a lot of great flakes. Okay. Uh, in the 30s, Detroit pitcher Boots Poffenberger liked to call room service and order breakfast of champions, two fried eggs and a bottle of beer. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Bo Belinsky brought actress Mamie Van Duren with him to spring practice in the early 60s. He told management she was his physical therapist. <laughs> and so on. Yeah. You know, at that point, especially in American uh, pop culture, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people listen to baseball, yeah. radio, you, baseball, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if a baseball announcer said something, boom, it was part of everyone's world yeah caught on by the airwaves but why did they say it yeah why the context still seems weird to me well i'm gonna tell you okay um and it has something to do with coca-cola okay why might you guess that ray oh no um because of the (laughs) ha ha all right Give up? I guess. Or are you quietly typing? No, I'm not. I'm trying to... I, I mean, I'm going like actual Coke ovens of burning wood flakes, but that's not right. They didn't oh. use that. Was it Coke? Was it flakes of Coke, like actual cocaine in the Coca-Cola? Is that why? Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Check out the big brain on bread. So, as we know, Coca-Cola, named after cocaine, yes. it had cocaine in it in originally. It. Yeah. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Man, really missed the boat. But again, we have penicillin, and they didn't. Yeah, antiseptics are great. Yeah, so, but cocaine in your Coca-Cola. So, uh, it's really a term from uh, the 20s, or perhaps earlier, it seems like earlier, that became a little bigger in the 20s that meant... You know, you were coked up, you were flaky, you were, you were flake. Up. It was like a flake of snow, yeah, a flake of cocaine snow. Yeah, uh, you were a flake, yeah, you were flaky. Don't lie to me. No, Come this on. is the truth. Okay, good. I was like, yeah, wait, I'm, I'm getting too into this. Bringing this right home. <laughs> so that's why I brought up Coca Cola. It's not Coca Cola per se. That was just a little. No, know, that was yeah, that was a nice bridge. Little bridge bonus. Yeah, uh, but it came from that, and yeah. then sort of lived and homogenized itself a little bit into 50s baseball where you could call anyone that, uh, which seems a little weird to me knowing how just wonder bread the 50s seems to feel to us now in a weird 
yeah way it does yeah i hear what you're saying yeah you know so that's it's history it's really still from its original definition mm-hmm. flake right a flake of snow flake of cocaine and then that was converted into meaning you are flaky uh because you, you had too much cocaine or you acted goofy on cocaine and then baseball made it really into the the mainstream culture caught it out of the drug usage yeah, yeah. so another one of yeah jokes. we got two two for two up here two for two nice We're on so, drugs huh i hope rebecca doesn't flake out on these ads Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. All right, those were pretty fantastic. I didn't. I don't think she flaked. Uh, no, she really came through for yeah. us. Yeah. Ha. No bummers. So, uh, uh, what do you what do you have next for us coming up? I'm gonna go ahead and uh, split. Make like a banana. <laughs> Make like a tree and split. Yes. Um, split. We'll just say to leave. How's that? That's the tree. Make like a tree and no. leave. <laughs> <laughs> Make like a... Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. All S- right. Split. I'm going to split. I think I say this sometimes. Yes. I, it sounds familiar yeah. coming from you. Yeah. I, I use words of this nature. <laughs> you know, this word comes from a Middle Dutch word. Uh, splitjen. S-P-L-I-J-T-E-N. Uh, splitjen. Which, which means... To cleave, and uh, it kind of all goes back always to mean break apart or take a piece of something up uh, off of something What's to cleave, that? if you will. <laughs> that, um, this is cleave? cleave. Definition of cleave? No, that's I'm saying split. What's the definition of cleave? Cleave is to make into two. 
things. Mm, mm. Like cleavage. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, it's like anything. Cloven, cloven, cleave. Clove you know. is like a piece of garlic. So oh, how's that too? There's the cloven like, hove animals, you know, because it's like a, they've got more than one. But they hoof. have more than two. They've got more, right? But each hoof is its own. What? Well, you said they're making the two. Right, but they're but the yeah sure cleave is that. But I'm saying cloven is a is a form of cleave. All right. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we're not You're talking not about John. that at all. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the word split. Nope. Um, but, you know, going back, split has always meant to break apart or remove or whatever. You know what I mean? So to leave is not really a jump. But why did it get into our language and mean to leave bur- from a literal bur- to break apart or to cleave? <laughs> and like other phrases, this this one has a longer origin, a longer uh, origin phrase which are split the scene or split the scene and leave it clean which I like personally <laughs> I think we know why I think why most people would like it so I was chasing this thread uh, through a book called Flappers to Rappers American Youth Slang by Tom Dalzell oh. uh, the prologue of the book sort of sets up a little bit about each decade and how it comes about its vibe of of each slang. You know what I mean? Why the decades sound like this one, and this one sounds a little different than that one. So he tosses out some 50s and 60s American disc jockey names in this this little prologue and some snippets of their quotes. And I see a man named High Lit uh, from Philadelphia Top 40 AM, but many other stations in the future. Uh, In this snippet of a quote, split the scene and leave it clean, which... I was like, that's that's cool. Radio guy. Sounds like it. Uh, and upon more digging, it turns out that this was essentially a part of this, of High Lit's uh, regular show closers. Like every day, he said this in one form or another. One quote I liked was, looking up at the old clockaroonie on the wall, it indicates it's time for High Ski to split the scene and leave it clean. Make way for Frank X Feller record machine. Well, say we do it again tomorrow night, 6 to 10 in the p.m. In the meantime, in between time, maintain your cool. Don't be nobody's fool. Live, love, laugh, be happy, and go in peace. Peace and freedom for all mankind. Ah. One of Mr. Hylett's closers. Uh, another closer, perhaps, he had if uh, maybe he was running tight on time with the show. Enough said, Ted. Solid ahead. Time to split the scene and leave it clean. Uh, but, you know, we're splitting the scene. That's what we're doing. We're taking the scene, and we're, we're breaking it. We're out. We're taking our part of it, and we're leaving. So he's on the air in 1960s, in the 60s. This phrase pops up a little bit earlier, so I can't attribute it to radio or to Mr. High Lit himself. Um, the OED has a quote from 1956. Nah, man, I split that scene. <laughs> and also around the 50s and even in the 40s, I guess a common term for divorce was Splitsville. Couples getting divorced were in Splitsville. Yeah. So that's, I mean, split is coming in around the 40s is kind of meaning to break apart, to break up, right? The sense of the word doesn't really change. No, because we, you know, we're meaning it to mean leave. To Splitsville, break, to split, yeah. To split the scene, to, to Splitsville. I'm saying the longer the longer phrase, split the scene, is kind of the, the parent phrase that's just saying split. And splitting the scene relates to just breaking apart, you know what I mean? It kind of kind of flows kind of naturally. So that's, that's just my jump to conclusions, Matt. Yeah. Like, I feel that it's pretty, like, we, you know the basic definition of split, you know, narrow, 
cleft crack fissure. It's not really a, a, a huge leap to leave this place, meaning to like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack out of here or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna split this split the scene and get out of here. It was like he was leaving the vibe of the disc jockey scene in place with the next guy at the station, but splitting it for himself as well to leave. He's leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm splitting the scene and leaving it clean. <laughs> <laughs> um High lit. High lit, yeah. Yeah, he interviews the monkeys. I saw an interview of the monkeys later on. He goes to I mean work for a lot of different stations, but I just saw the top forty Philadelphia AM is where to start. Um and I again my jump to conclusions, Matt, is that it's around we're saying the word split, splitsville. You know, it's 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 coming through, but then once the radio folk get it out to the people, it becomes the people's. Yeah. Right? Anyone anything can happen. Yeah, basically. But, but it's kind of always meant similarly. It's not a huge leap. Thank you for listening. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm a split. No, it's good. Everything's good. <laughs> uh don't split though. No. I'll because be I need to bogart this space. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. I'm interested in this one because I don't know. Yeah. Well, I have this word bogart. Great. And uh it's like um to use or consume without sharing is what we're talking about here. Yeah. There's a song. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna get fantastic. To that. It's in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, to keep for yourself something that you're supposed to be sharing. Right. That's what we said there. We did. You did. Well, this is funny, you know, because we just did golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. With the and I had the word bogey, bogey. bogart, bogey, bogey mm-hmm. from the bogey man, from the bogey man, yeah. The bogey man scared you off a par, right? If if our listeners listen to the golf, golf. episode, one or two episodes back there, several something depends. Uh, depends. Golf. Uh, to scare us off and keep for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's no. the, that's to bogey. That's to that's to bogart. Yeah. I'm kidding. Oh. I was like, wait, it's got a bogeyman too? Yeah, I know. So no, okay. Yeah. We're not the bogeyman. I mean, that makes, I, I, you know, I was in there. I was, I was feeling it. But, sorry, listener, it's not that. <laughs> okay. But. But. It is also concise and simple, uh, the, the real history here. All right. One thing I, I didn't know, I didn't realize was that there was a term further back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And if you said you were going to bogart something, mm-hmm. it meant you were going to bully, intimidate, oh. coerce, or get by force. This is 50s, you said. Yeah, okay. but yeah. Ice-T used it in uh, his rap, The Pusher. Mm-hmm. I don't ask. The ice just bogarts. Yeah, he says that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Which is, you know, it's a it's a little piece of work there, mm-hmm. and then the and the mix, the uh, voices, it's like Chrissy Hind, he's like way up on top of the uh, the the beats the track. Yeah, it's just not, you know, you like dudes. Can we like gel that in some mm-hmm. more? Get but in there. I don't know. People do what they do. Uh, <laughs> not our mix. Not our mix. Yeah. But if you send me the stems, I'll take a whack at it. <laughs> so. Humphrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Bogart. Right. Uh, you know, 
I, I'm not seen all of the classics with Humphrey Bogart, but okay. I guess he was a, uh, a coercer, a forceful part of his character earlier on even. He would, okay. you know, get things by force. He's getting things done. I, too, have not seen any of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this word came into people's uh, worlds and people used it to mean take by force mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, now, I had, I had some quotes, and one was from uh, Red Fox <laughs> talking about this actor, Joe Busby. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, when the sh- when the Sanford and Son show got to going, mm-hmm. this Joe Busby wasn't really supposed to be on it, but he had been around earlier. And Red Fox says, "Yeah, he uh, he he wasn't supposed to be here, but he bogarted his way on." <laughs> so now, clearly, Red Fox was born in 1922, so he yeah. he w- he was like right in his zone when it meant right. that the forceful one. Did he? You're saying he coined this phrase? No. Okay. I don't have Darn it. an origin of who okay. coined it as that. Gotcha. But it was in use as that, mm-hmm. and that's that's even even more odd. Now you bring up that song, <laughs> and and the song lyrics written by Larry Stash Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's referring to a mustache. Sure. Not a drug stash. Well, yeah, because it was 1968. Could have been either. <laughs> Music by Elliot Ingber. All right. The song Don't Bogart Me, which people think of as Don't Bogart That Joint. Yeah. But the real songs Don't Bogart Me. Okay. And the odd thing there is that song, you know, we don't think of it as much now at all. And in fact, quite the opposite. You think, well, if I'm making a film, I can have someone score it, or I will use a soundtrack that I uh, curate from popular artists, mm-hmm. and then, you know, have my music clearing producer deal with mm-hmm. how to pay those people and and how that all works out with the publishers and everything, yeah. and then you know someone will score all the other little pockets and scenes between those tracks that happens a lot and you mm-hmm. just expect that uh but back in the day was there a day really back in the day back in the day the day yeah um the film easy rider okay which i think was jack nicholson's first motion picture um oh, yeah. dennis hopper and yeah jack nicholson right dennis hopper and uh and 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 what's his face though don't forget mm-hmm. another guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. went on to have uh lots of stuff come on dude face no i know um Paul Newman. No, nope. nope. Robert Redford. No. No? Who? Come on, it's Guy. He he has that he has that uh his daughter, uh he has the a, a feisty wife, but then a uh, Fonda. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Man, I don't yeah, I forget about that guy. Henry, Henry Fonda. Fonda. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> forget about reason, that what's his name. I do. I think of him as Paul Newman, I think. Wow, man. I don't know. It's okay. I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not, yeah. So anyway, Jack Nicholson <laughs> and um, and yada yada, they're sitting around and, and uh, Henry Fonda turns Jack Nicholson onto, onto weed. Here again, drugs. We, oh, nice. Um, Three out of four. And, and this is in the, in the scene, but there's some, there's some scenes uh, where they're out on the road 
on the motorcycles. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson had to wear a football helmet. Easy riding. Easy riding. If you will. <laughs> and Peter Fonda. We're wrong with the Fondas. Oh, it's Peter Fonda. Yeah. Directed by Dennis Hopper. Yeah. So it's Peter Fonda, Peter Fonda. not Henry Fonda. No. Um, yeah, because Henry was older. He's Peter's father, right? I don't have answers to this question. And and Dennis Hopper actually directed it. Yeah. This is wild. So Dennis Hopper... Now, there's lots of, yeah, there's lots of documentaries, I feel like, or talk about the this movie in the back half, in the back end. Yeah, I really need to, to watch more of that. Dennis Hopper is aware of this tune by Larry Stash Wagner. Fraternity of Man is is the band, and they had recorded this song, Don't Bogart That Joint, My mm-hmm. Friend. And that comes on in one of the scenes and becomes very popular. But herein lies the origin of the idiom that we currently use. Mm-hmm. Because somehow, Larry... Stash Wagner wrote in the lyrics, don't Bogart that joint, turning Bogart's name again into a verb Mm -hmm. via this other idea that Bogart's signature prop was always keeping a cigarette dangling in his mouth like Andy Cap or something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he used that to say, you're just holding that joint there and not passing it. give it to me now i don't want that because it ends up there slimy and spitty and no i don't know why we always did that yeah but i don't want that no yeah it's a you're you're like you're in you're like oh no what did i do yeah you're like okay right it's fine i guess this is fine this is what we're doing (laughs) yeah it's an unsettling feeling especially yeah after it goes around a couple times yeah (laughs) but anyway (laughs) Dear listener, this is where, from where it comes. You know, um, he he makes this little observation and this twist, puts it in the lyrics of a song that yeah. you expect three hundred people to ever hear, and then Dennis Hopper puts the song in the movie because he doesn't have money to pay for someone to score it. This is what I was getting to. In back then, this was the cheap way out, which. By, but it's completely preposterous today. Just now, unless you're going to hire John Williams, but but you're hire, you know, a, a hungry composer to score your movie. It's going to be cheaper than than using a Beyonce track, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the publishing alone. Yeah. But then it was the cheap way, so he winged this song. Well, especially this unknown song. But he but he had Steppenwolf and other tunes like that. So. And that's the end of it. That's where it came from, and that's how it became... Larry Stash Jordan. Uh, Wagner. Wagner. Uh, part of our our world to mean not sharing. Don't share. Yeah. Huh, Because nice. I watched this. There's a scene where uh, Fonda Peter gives a joint to Jack Nicholson for the first time, and, and Jack's like a... I don't know, supposed to be like a businessman goody two shoes or whatever never never did it before mm-hmm. um and then he holds the joint but i thought it was going to come up and somebody was going to say it but that's not what happened peter rolled what we call personals for everybody <laughs> <laughs> and so no one ever said it but then like the next morning there's a scene and then that's when the song plays nice so there you have it huh 
Thank that. I like that. So it relates to actually him being on set, having the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Humphrey Bogart. Right, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's three out of four that are drug related for 60 slang. Who would have thought? Real drugs were used in scenes showing the use of marijuana and other substances. It says here about Easy Rider. Sure. Yeah. But yes, we've had, we're, this is, uh, <laughs> I guess, a drug heavy episode, turns out. <laughs> well, our motion picture. Oh, yeah. this well, one. Well, that, I mean, our, our episode. Our that, episode, yeah. Three yeah. Or four. Ain't bad. Yeah. So, um, check us out. Yeah. Uh, please give us a rating on, you know, the Apple or Anywhere. wherever you're iTunes, listening. Stitcher, Spotify. And uh, let us also know uh, what you like and don't like and yeah. get any ideas you have at Whole Nine Yards Pod. Yes, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. Whole Nine Yards Podcast. On Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you over and over and over. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Thanks for As listening. always. I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's Hey you at whole number nine yards dot org. Whole nine yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.